Welcome to UUCSW Reflections, a podcast by the Unitarian Universalist Congregational Society of Westboro, Massachusetts. We're glad you're here. Welcome to UUCSW Reflections. I'm your host, Amanda Hall, here with Reverend Laurel Gray. This is the monthly episode of this podcast where we reflect on recent sermon themes and answer questions from the congregation. If you'd like to submit a question, please email it to podcasts at uucsw.org, and be sure to say which sermon your question is about, if applicable. Don't worry, we won't share the names or identifying information about question askers on this podcast. In this episode, we'll be discussing the sermons Looking for Miracles and Christmas Eve, both of which can be found in this podcast feed. Hi, Laurel. Hello. How are you? Good. And you have finished grad school finals. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Is that pu- can that be public information? <laughs> yes, of course. Are you kidding me? We were talking before we started about how um, doing a podcast with a minister two days before Christmas and a grad student who just finished finals mm-hmm. <laughs> has yeah. the potential to be very punchy so this should be fun (laughs) like i'm at this point like our brains have been like wrung out like a towel Mm -hmm. inside of us so like i don't know what's gonna come out let's find out together what's gonna happen it's an adventure would you like your monthly church updates i would like to know what is happening at the church yes please well we're having christmas eve tomorrow Mm -hmm. is it tomorrow yeah um on the internet obviously um so that'll be good. We and this was one of the things with our not going back into being doing services in person in November and December, which some of the other congregations around us did, and then some of them had to shut down again before Christmas. Um, and Christmas Eve in our congregation normally is like packed to the gills um, with like two hundred people in our little sanctuary, which obviously is a bad idea right now. Um, and so that was why we, this, like, from November through December, we were holding out until after Christmas um, and hopefully after the holiday COVID spikes before going back to doing services in person. Um, Omicron is, like, quite the curveball. Um, mm-hmm. Our plan was to go back on January 9th and we're going to have, like, a sort of game time team meeting that the first week of January to see where the um transmission rates are um because we the plan was we're going to go back in person january 9th with masks social distancing um we surveyed the congregation and we have a um reported 100 percent vaccination rate which is amazing mm-hmm. um so we were trying to put in layers of protection and still there was the caveat that like if things still get really extreme we're going to follow public health guidelines. And if it's, if there's an outbreak that's too severe, um, then we won't do in person. So with Omicron now, we're sort of, we have to wait and see what happens with Christmas and New Year's. Um, So get boosted, everybody. We are now, my whole household is boosted. Henry even got his kennel cough booster this week, which is obviously not COVID, but everyone has been revaccinated in my house, which is great. Beautiful. Um, so there's that. So like keep a lookout for for communications from church about if it's in person. 
there there will always even once we go in person there will always be the option to come on zoom and it's still live and we've tried to make the experience on zoom once we go in person very very similar to the experience on zoom as it is now because we don't mm-hmm. want there to be this like really glaring difference um yeah. between being in person versus being remote um and that is largely thanks to your dad um for figuring thanks, out all this yeah all this techie stuff that is like so not my wheelhouse um so yeah he, um, so th- is yeah he's also the reason i'm recording this podcast right now because i am in my family home um, nice welcome home I, for christmas <laughs> thank you um where i don't have all my like adapters and stuff so i'm using my and he taught you right setup. didn't he teach you how to podcast yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at that. A family tradition. Absolutely. Yep. It's it's very heartwarming. Yeah. Um, that and like we also have a bunch of freckles and sweat a lot. But like <laughs> this is the <laughs> genetic similarities. So nice. Nature and Thanks, nurture. Dad. <laughs> That's good. I look like my dad too. Um, uh-huh. The oh the other big piece of news, which is kind of sad for me. Um, is that our most beloved office administrator, Elisa, um, is leaving at the end of December. She lives oh. like an hour away if there's no traffic, which is a little far if you're going to do your job in person. Um, so she's going to a church that's much, much, much closer to home. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if she listens to the podcast, <laughs> but um, big thank you to Elisa. I'm not really sure how we would have held it together during a pandemic so well without her. And by yes. we, I mean me personally. <laughs> Thank so, you, Elisa. Yes, yes. She has done a, an impeccable job and um, goes with all of our blessings. And um, I ordered her a good Harry and David gift, gift basket and convinced her to, her to sign up to run um, a half marathon with me in September because once you're on my team, you never get to be not on my team. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. <laughs> so, you know, good times. Um, so, yeah. So we're trying to shower her in in love and adoration and gratitude yes. for all that she has done. Um, and then we're there's going to be volunteer coverage um, while we try to hire someone new because we know that, you know, you're not going to hire a new person on Christmas <laughs> or New Year's. So to be continued. That's fair. Um, but which is all to say January is going to be like we're learning new things and we're doing our best and it's not going to be perfect. And like, thank goodness we don't have to be perfect here. Yeah. So, that's a nice right? a nice release from that yeah. b- burden. Yeah. Just like <laughs> it'll probably be weird. That's fine. That's <laughs> we can handle that. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Weird. We can deal with. Um, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to Christmas Eve, which when you're hearing this has already happened. So you're welcome. Our reading went great, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I gave the people that I knew had big families (laughs) um, readings with dialogue in case they were able to entice others (laughs) to act out the dialogue with them. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. It should be fun. Let's find out. Let's find out if I managed to pull that off. I mean, whatever. <laughs> um, it may just be a miracle, which transition, podcast oh, transition. Um, also, before we fully transition, I have yes. one battery bar left. Is that sufficient? It just went down. 
Uh, I don't know. Is it? Does it? I don't know. Does it diet on you before ever? No. Okay. Let's carry I mean, on because I don't know where their battery is. I'll just keep looking at let's it. Let's continue. Okay. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sure we'll have a Christmas miracle of the batteries la- lasting for eight days. Eight days and eight nights. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, we just need like, I don't know. 48 18, minutes. Yeah. I <laughs> um, okay, great. Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I would love to ask you about the Hanukkah service, looking yeah. for miracles, is about... So you sort of framed it by saying, like, there's a difference between talking about painful things in a way that provides, like, a framework to talk about and demystify and move through it versus a way that is, like, trauma dumping and can inflict pain. Um, So could you just talk a little bit more about that distinction? So I actually, I had this conversation with my mom, which, and my mom's a, um, a therapist. And I was surprised because she said she leads trauma groups um, and said that if someone starts trying to tell stories in detail, she immediately shuts them down. Um, because like that kind of graphic detailed storytelling is something to do like with your therapist alone, with someone who's consented to that experience with you and is not something you do to other people. Um, which I didn't know. I was sort of going off of all all that I know of, like, you know, trauma and, like, the impact it has on me when other people do this um, and feedback that I've gotten. Um, so because there's this thing with trauma and, um, like, painful things that, like, talking about suicide... Um, where they become unspeakable. And that can be a really dangerous thing, especially in the case of suicide, because we know that the like the best way to help someone um, is to ask. And to ask if they're right, if they're having these kinds of thoughts. Um, so making it nameable is really important. Um, and especially because there's so much of this sort of religious tinged social shame about it um it becomes this thing that nobody can talk about um and so so i wanted to make the distinction and sort of lead into this place of we can name this thing but there are also things that i'm not gonna do and so i said this repeatedly i said it at the beginning of the service um i said it in the email announcement on sunday morning i put it in many places um this distinction of what I was and was not going to do um, because I wanted people to know that this topic was going to come up, that that we were going to talk about suicide, but also to know where I wasn't going to take that um, so that there was the sort of safety and trust that they could show up um, knowing that I wasn't going to try and like throw them over the edge into experiencing traumatic events. Um, Mm -hmm. And so to me, the line is sort of the fact of something existing and and being able to name it and being able to um, sort of bring it into the light and hold it in community. That can be a good and helpful thing. But then to lead people into the place of storytelling to create the experience, to recreate the experience, that's where we've gone in a in a really dangerous direction. 
Um, mm. Right. Because whenever we engage in storytelling, we're, we're inviting other people into an experience together. Right. Um, and so it's really important that we think about the stories we're telling um, and to whom and in what context and with what position of authority and power, like a pulpit. Yeah. Um, and if the other person has consented, right? Because if the other person doesn't have a chance to say like, whoa, no, I like, I, that I can't go there today. Um, yeah. That's a form of violence, right? That's you inflicting this experience on another person that they're not okay having. Um, yeah. And that, especially when we're doing things like public storytelling, um, if it's a really dangerous thing to go into the place of storytelling, um, especially in a religious place where people are looking for comfort, they're looking to make meeting, they're looking to sort of a for a place to feel safe in the chaos of the world, to use that place to say, we're going to tell really scary stories to, to, to bring you into the experience of the trauma is like, okay, that's mm -hmm. not good, right? Like, that's, yeah, that's a dangerous place to be, especially when we know that people are struggling with mental health issues dramatically more now because of the pandemic. So like, we have to be really careful about what we're doing to people. Um, and we also don't want to do this like silencing, shaming thing. And right, yeah, like it would be I mean, ridiculous to do this yeah. like, everything's fine. Like no one, no one has ever known anyone who died by suicide or like experienced that kind of pain themselves. Right. Like that's ridiculous um, and completely unhelpful. So. I think it's a really, I mean, I can understand how that would be kind of an ambiguous, like it's confusing yeah. because yeah, there can be, it feels like pulling in two different directions. Like, yep. Well, to demystify and like destigmatize it requires talking about it, but the way you talk about it really matters. It matters. Mean, like, those profoundly. things can obviously be true at the same time. Um, yeah. But I can see, and like another, I mean, another obviously important aspect of this that you mentioned is like there's a really big difference between like public speech and like yeah. private personal speech with someone you yeah. know in a context yeah. where like, you've established that like they Consent. want to have this conversation with you <laughs> yeah like right you know what i mean like it's not like you can't ever tell your stories right but, like, right 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 telling them in public to like an audience that you don't you know are not in personal individual relationship with at that moment right even consent like you know what i mean like that's very that's very different so and i think there's like, I'm, I'm sort of wary to say, like, intent matters because obviously, as we've discussed so many times, impact matters more than intent. Um, and if you're telling I mean, a story... They both matter. You, right. They both matter. But if you're thinking about, the like, the why of why am I telling this story? Um, or why am I telling this story to other people? Um and if the why is to bring them into the experience and it's an experience of extraordinary pain, that to me is getting into really dangerous territory. Um, 
which is why in doing this service, I was so explicit that I was not going to tell stories about suicide attempts or manners of death. Like I was not going anywhere near anything graphic. Um, And I was also really clear in the beginning of the service that if people needed to like turn off their camera or they wanted to leave the room or they just needed to sign off at a certain point that everyone had the liberty to do what they needed to take care of themselves and that I encouraged that. Um, Because that's, that's again saying, even if talking about this at all feels too much for for you right now, you get to say no. You get to opt yeah. out. Um, which which I heard back from a couple people was really important because they came into the Sunday like, is this going to be rough? Um, but knowing that I'd already said, and, and I hope that's a given anyways, but I think um, there's a politeness factor that can sometimes take over. Um, For sure. Right. And so, so that was my goal, right? That like, if this still feels too hard for you for any manner of reasons, like, you don't have to do this right now, right? Like, if you want to hit pause and only listen to Kayla's beautiful music, and then you can come back and listen to the sermon on a day when you have the, like, the emotional bandwidth, that's great. That's a really good way of caring for yourself. Um, so I was trying in this service to to embody that dynamic of consent and still remaining within the boundary of not getting graphic and not telling stories, talking about a reality um, and doing the, the sort of practice of meaning making or deconstructing harmful meaning making um, around this thing that like, I mean, who by the time they're an adult doesn't hasn't had some proximity to suicide, right? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, either attempted or not, or, you know, in, in all the variations, it's, you know, it's, it's part of life. Um, and, and not talking about it doesn't make it any better. Yeah. So, um, one thing you said that I wanted to circle back to is the politeness factor. Yeah. Um, I think that can be a really destructive barrier oh, yeah. in the way of real consent yeah. in a lot of different oh, yes. contexts. Oh, my goodness. And so, I mean, that's that's something that I've thought about, too, like, in much less loaded contexts. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, like, just in general, like, yeah. I remember this is obviously a much more trivial example but my I had a professor yeah I mean I had a professor my very first semester of this program who said like hey we're gonna practice overcoming the politeness factor for you to ask me for an extension because there are some people who like are culturally conditioned to say like I I should ask for what I want from professors professors work for me and therefore they're more likely to get the extensions that they need and stuff like that and so he actually took time out in the beginning of the first section. He said, like, what we're all going to do, I want every single one of you to open your email. I want you to address the email to me. I want you to write out a sample sentence asking me for an extension, and I want you to press send. Like, going physically (gasps) practicing. Yeah. Amazing. Going through the motions of overcoming that politeness factor, whether it's, you know, culturally ingrained in whatever way or not, and just saying, like, hey, just so you know, not only am I telling you that, like, here are the rules 
in this yeah. class for me. But like, we are going to physically lock in some muscle memory of you doing yeah. it. Um, That's amazing. And that like was revolutionary to me. Um, yeah. Like the difference yeah, never between had like a professor do that. Yeah, like the physical feeling of overcoming the politeness factor is very yeah. different from saying like, in theory, like, oh, I don't want you to just be right. polite. I want to really know what you think, you know, ask right. for what you need. As right. opposed to like, hey, I'm really serious. We're taking right. time to make sure that you have practice. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, amazing. And so I feel like that practice well, could be really helpful in other really tough situations where yeah. like it's extremely important to make sure consent is free and real and not inhibited right, because by the politeness factor. is sort of the opposite of consent because politeness yeah. is I'm going to comply to what I think you think of me or what I yeah. think the, or what the situation are. calls for exactly right right and and to say like I, I don't actually care like yeah my own my own consent needs to be like held first um, because right, this is like without consent, you can't have actual connection too, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, because I think, and I think a lot of so getting back to again why people tell really, you know, tender stories, yeah. um, is partly, you know, to be in connection, yeah, like, looking to share for a part connection. of yourself that's yeah, right. share a part of yourself that's vulnerable and yeah have it be not this unspeakable thing and, right. you know, put it into a social context. But, right. like, again, that connection isn't, like, safe or real without the act of consent, consent showing up of the person right. you're trying to connect to. So, And when we're talking yeah. about consent, if we don't talk about power dynamics, i.e. you're acting as the preacher and you have the authority yeah. of, like, the church behind you, even mm-hmm. if it's the, even if it's Unitarian Universalism, which is like <laughs> not right, like I there are no golden hats that I get to wear, or like purple robes. I guess I could make a purple robe. Aww. Um, yeah, you know, sounds pretty. <laughs> um, you sew, just make yourself a robe. <laughs> I actually in grad school told some of my friends that I wanted like a deep eggplant robe, and they were horrified because it's like the color of bishops or something, and I was like, oh, what? Really? <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> well, whatever. That doesn't count for you. I know. All colors yep. are for everyone. Yep. Have at it. <laughs> Symbolism so is nothing to us. I'm kidding. <laughs> but but so to your point though, like with this service, because in in talking about um how we lead services and what it means to have this like Sunday morning time together in the congregation, there have been these sort of push and pull, which is a very normal UU cultural thing about like the covenant of how we are together versus this freedom of speech. And this is my place where I can say whatever I want. Mm. Um, And there's been this sort of push and pull that like, but but if there are guidelines about what we say and do from the pulpit, then then we're not allowed to talk about difficult things. And like, we've been muzzled. Um, and so the service was me in part, um, like trying to embody that difference for people so they could experience it. And I actually had people res- respond specifically saying like, oh, I understand now. Like, mm-hmm. I see what the difference is now. 
Um, well, it's not true. I mean, it's not a trivial distinction. Like, no, no. And it can be really hard to make, which is why it's yeah. it's hard to like lead a service if you're, you haven't been trained in how to be a minister, right? Like that's not an easy thing to do. Um, right. So, but I was hoping to embody both like, we can name this thing and we can name it without without any kind of religious damnation overtones like we can we can actively remove those mm-hmm. <laughs> and we can also embody talking about really difficult things in a context that like we're not going to trigger people and we're we right. are still asking for consent and i am being really clear about my boundaries about where I will and will not go. So you get to choose if you want to come on this journey. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I got way more people saying thank you after that service than is normal, which to me is oh. like, that was, people needed that. So, yeah. And one of my colleagues actually, when I was like, this is this is okay, right? Because again, if you're going to talk about something difficult, or painful, it's good to run it by other people. And so I, I talked to one of my colleague groups about it. And then um, one of them did a very similar service because she was like, you know, actually, that's a good idea. And she said the same that like her whole congregation said it was like the best mm. sermon they'd ever heard, which well, really means this is what we needed right now. Um, yeah, there's a need out there. Yeah. So there you go. Um, Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. <laughs> happy Hanukkah and moving right out into Christmas you know um, <laughs> we did do we did do there was a guest minister who talked about grace and then we also did our solstice pageant which was magical and then we get to Christmas <laughs> yeah thankfully I don't have to lead every service of the month because then I would definitely be extremely frenetic <laughs> yeah this yeah this would too be too much too much fewer, com- fewer complete sentences I think on mm-hmm. this podcast mm-hmm. would result yeah. Um, more more giggling but in like a weird way <laughs> yeah not in like a fun relatable way just in a like is this because I of haven't anything? slept enough way yeah yeah anyways yeah. go team again with my love of teamwork <laughs> uh-huh. absolutely so yeah christmas eve yeah so i got to hear a preview of your sermon yeah lucky me um and obviously immediately started crying about it <laughs> yeah how um, was that for you <laughs> emotional and moving well because okay so by now by the time this is published it yep. will have been delivered to yep. the congregation and also is available on this podcast feed if you haven't yep. heard it um basically i think the part that really connected that i really connected with is talking about how protective cynicism is and especially yep. when you're hoping for things to be better like that is yep. the most vulnerable place you yep. can be in yeah. And like I feel that like every day in like yeah. people who are trying to show up for j- social justice work and are so like me included like yeah are so afraid of the pain of right. that vulnerability of like hoping for something but at yeah. the same time like not knowing how to keep like how to ground faith that like yes. it's actually possible right um right. because it feels like when things are big are so hard for so long it really feels like well am i just gonna get my hopes up for a pipe dream that's not realistic like yeah you know and that like 
cynicism is so much easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Until you try to hug someone in your armor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, so, and I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, talk yeah, about that. And- like, why isn't it? Like, why shouldn't we just all be cynical if it's more protective? Like, it's nice to be protected sometimes, right? Like, why not? Yeah. And then, and then everybody's just clanging up against each other, right? Yeah. Like, you, there's no connection in that. Yeah. Right. Like, which, it, which is the better. cost. Um, and, and I think that there's, um, it's helpful to, to make a distinction between hope and optimism. And there are mm-hmm. many people who've said much more eloquent things that I always wish I had written down. Um, where optimism is sort of this, like, I, there's a way that I think things will go and I'm pretty sure it'll happen. Which is like, we all know that life is way too chaotic <laughs> for that. Like, if yeah. the last two years haven't taught us anything about the unknown and our lack of control and also our capacity to collectively have an impact, right? Yeah. Um, and hope is this thing that's like, it sort of gets closer to this land of religion um, where it's like there's this aspect of faith to it that you're like you don't have the evidence but you're also not looking for evidence um Mm -hmm. because it's it's grounded in something deeper and some bigger sense of like your beliefs about the world and about people and about power um and that's like again with this idea of um practicing meaning making right like like we talked about this this actually practicing breaking the the politeness rule um and meaning making is really hard and making sense of like how do we hold faith and what is our sense of that because even if we don't like use any words about god there are still these questions of ultimacy that that if we don't answer them or or sort of face them within ourselves, of course you want to keep your armor on because that is this like wild and unknown terrain um, and with without the skills to know how to like journey journey through. Um, and I think like the reading that I used at the end of the Christmas sermon um, speaks to this and how, like we need to we need to share our gifts and community and be connected um because you can't do this thing alone and if we're all armored up because we're too afraid of like not knowing how to make meaning of life like we're not actually connected then and then everybody's wandering alone <laughs> like a little yeah. cold and a little creaky um and it's safe but it's also like not really a way to live. Um, it is. I mean, it's limiting. Yeah, yeah. And, and not that it, it's wrong yeah. too, right? Like right. it's not wrong to because especially like talking about trauma, um, there can be this like self blaming for the coping mechanisms that get people through traumatic experiences, um, right. and. And whatever those are, right? Like, name any number of ways that, that you cope with pain. 
um, from shutting down and dissociating to overeating or like isolating yourself. Like there are so many ways that people adapt to live through trauma and we can't shame ourselves for those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And we don't have to live in that place forever. We can be grateful that we made it through and that we had something to help us get there. Um, And then practice once we're in the place of, um, of more space from that pain, practice making meaning in different ways. Um, yeah. I, I feel mean, like I that was a ramble. Me, I don't know if I answered your question. No, no, no. I mean, it's not so much. I mean, I know I asked it as kind of a like answer this kind of a question, but <laughs> that's okay. You can do that. <laughs> you want to grill me? It's, <laughs> well, maybe later. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I mean, these are pretty hard-hitting journalistic <laughs> questions. Yeah. What is hope, Laurel? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's important. <laughs> but I think, I mean, so, I mean, hearing you talk about it, one thing that's occurring to me is, like, the difference between hope and optimism, which really yeah. matters. Like, yeah, cynicism is thinking things are going to turn out one specific way that's bad. Yeah. Optimism yep. is thinking things are going to yep. turn out one specific way that's good. Hope is like the flexibility right. that there's a tremendously expansive like realm of possibilities and yeah. they're like they're available to us and they yeah. may not like happen the way we expect but like and we probably don't know what they all are. Right, but like we can move through them in a way that is like consistent with our values and yeah. true to ourselves and and we can show up and be yeah. present to those possibilities when they arise like yeah. we can we can move through the world looking for those miracles looking for those places of wonder and connection and possibility and creativity because if we're armored up in cynicism like how are you going to notice when those things happen because you're trying yeah. to convince yourself that they can't or you are convinced right. that they can't happen, um, which is a painful place to live. Yeah, that like openness to possibility of what could happen is hard. It's really hard, and it requires active, dynamic flexibility and creativity and vulnerability and disappointment and like fear. There's a lot of feeling in that place and that can be really scary. I think and liberating, right? Yeah, I guess I don't know if this is true of everyone but it feels (laughs) like I just have this gut feeling that we don't have as much practice feeling as part of our day-to-day life as we no. <laughs> overall. As Indeed, we do not. Yep. Mm. And I think some people have more access to it and um, like there are different kinds of practitioners, if you will, right? Like I think the vast majority of my job is about creating a space where people can feel connected and and practice making meaning and practice um like being in community in a way that 
that pushes back against the ways that, you know, society can sometimes ask us to shut down. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, like, this is sort of the... People so often talk about, like, how no one's going to church anymore. Um, And as if there's, like, we should be worried about the churches. And (laughs) I'm more worried about the people (laughs) that Mm -hmm. don't think that they have a place where they can be whole and vulnerable and ask scary questions and things won't fall apart and people will love them um, and they won't be forced to there will be place for their questions and their own grappling with meaning and not the sort of um, closedness of prescripted answers um, and, and, and I don't want to yeah like I assume you were about to say church is not the only place that is allowed to provide that yes it just and specifically like uu churches because i again with this like the the christmas eve sermon and like i don't want us rolling our eyes at christian congregations um because like they're you know they're i'm sure there are uu churches that that aren't really living up to this hope and are far more creedal than they think they are even if that creed is you know we only believe in science and reason. And if you don't agree with us, then you're an idiot. Like, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. We're, we can totally be badly behaved religious organizations. Um, yeah. And so to your point, yes, there are other places that are like this. I actually think coffee shops are weirdly similar to churches um, because they're these sort of collective hubs. Um hmm. And if you're doing things like, you know, slam poetry nights or whatever, or community art exhibits in your coffee shop, like, you're getting to the place of collective meaning making. Um, Hmm. So they certainly don't belong only to churches and religious organizations. Um, But I think that's sort of our point um, as, you know, places in society. And I wish more people thought that it was possible to have that kind of place. Um, Mm. So if you're listening to this, you probably already think it is possible. (laughs) Yeah. It's, you know, very likely (laughs) that you do think that. So welcome. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's nice that since we get so many people on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Like, that was part of your sermon for that. Yeah. You know, like, this... I mean, and again, like, no one's saying it has to be here. But, like, your questions are okay. And they deserve a home. Because even if somebody only comes on Christmas Eve and once in their lifetime they have the experience of, like, this is, like, a religious body of some kind and I was not shunned... For my, mm-hmm. like, wait, I don't this I don't get this Bible thing, you know, or whatever their question is, or whatever their, like, you know, it may be their identity they, they've experienced as being at odds with religious spaces, and we're like, yeah, <laughs> come on in, <laughs> right? Like, even you know if you, I, they don't yeah. come back, I'm okay with that. Like, if, if the one time means something, um, I don't know, I think that's where, like, my job requires a lot of faith um unsurprisingly (laughs) (laughs) yeah but but like faith that like 
things matter in ways you don't get to control and you might never know. Yeah. But it still matters. I'm thinking now about, like, the queer community. Yeah. Like, I think there's been a lot of outcry for, like, places for communal meaning making in that community, which traditionally has a ton of religious drama. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah that are not based on alcohol and like oh interesting you know because yeah. like clubs like you know yeah. bars and clubs are like the main places that are designated as like spaces to bring your full humanity if you're right. a queer person right and i think like you know like coffee shops kinds of things are yeah. like i've i've seen them sort of be asked for and also start to be made in philadelphia Oh, interesting. Um, which is the city I'm new to. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Like, I think that that is one subset that I happen to be plugged into um, yeah. that is openly expressing that need um, yeah. and trying to build places that fill it. Yeah. Um, and that makes me pretty hopeful. Yeah. So that's cool. Good job. Philly. We're Philly. We're doing team. it. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. So I'd love to close by talking about um, looking back on this year because this is going to be our last. Um, I know. Weird. With a little bit of like hopefulness and gratitude, maybe. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love yeah. a good spiritual practice. Look at you. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Come on, guys, start? let's practice. <laughs> let's do it. Stretch those muscles. Do you have a specific question or am I just supposed to talk about my gratitude? Yeah, I mean, just like take a second to yeah. maybe think about something that made you feel hopeful this year or um, yeah, something unexpectedly good that you're grateful for. I don't know. It's open-ended. I, I continue to be really proud of this congregation um and really impressed by us um because difficult times can be very divisive um Mm. and the kind of transformation and adaptiveness that we've gone through in the last two years of or year and a half you know whatever it is of pandemic life um really blows my mind um and yes like like it it honestly leaves me a little bit awestruck it like and i remember when we were um i was with your parents in the sanctuary and some of the other people who lead services and we were like sort of figuring out how all the technology worked and we were all sort of like wow whoever thought (laughs) who thought this is where we would be by now Right, where yeah. we've got like rotating cameras and a soundboard and Ooh. like we're projecting the you know, whoever's speaking so that we also have closed captioning. It's like this is not a world that we even imagined might be possible two years ago. Yeah. Like, no way. No, not in a million years. Right. Yeah. Like absolutely. there was resistance, like the idea that I was starting to use Google Drive was like weird, right? <laughs> um and now, now what? Yeah, like it, it totally blows my mind. And then like the people that we've tapped into, um, like you don't live in Westboro, right? Like 
you're here mm-hmm. maybe twice like a few times a year and you're so tapped in um and like doing this with you is so wonderful and it was totally an accident <laughs> yeah <laughs> right like your mom misunderstood yeah, what you completely. meant uh-huh <laughs> in the best we, way in the best way and now we have a podcast which like mm-hmm. i never set out to do that right yeah um, and i think that i think there's so much hope in looking for those things of like yeah I would not have thought this was possible. Like, I wouldn't yeah. have even imagine this as an option, and it's real. Um, and to me, that's, like, both really humbling, um, because it there's, there's this, like, acknowledgement of not being in control. Like, we're, we just have to show up and participate. Um, yeah. Right? And, like, go where the winds may carry us. Um, yeah. But yeah, I find that really hopeful and heartwarming. And like, also there are vaccines. What? Oh, bless. Right? Like, Blessing B. I know. Like, who, the, like, it, vaccine manufacturing and development does not happen this fast. This is like extraordinary. Um, so, yeah. Yes. I'm very I grateful. Agree. And like, I hope there's, there obviously is a lot of divisiveness in our world. And I think part of the division is there's conviction on both sides of that division on this sort of like, I will do what I want. But there's also so much more conviction on the side of like, you know what, I'm canceling my Christmas flight because I don't want to put anybody at risk. Like, I'm just, yeah. that matters more to me. Yeah. Like all of the potential for all the people who could be put at risk, like that matters more to me than what I personally would like to do. And mm-hmm. that has become such like so much more of a guiding force for people in the last like year and a half, which is incredible, right? Like, yeah. And all the kids who are growing up with this sense of like what I do actually really matters to affect other people. Like I remember my cousin um, who's like, almost 10 years older than me is saying that my generation, because we 9-11 happened when I was in like eighth or ninth grade. And so it was sort Mm -hmm. of at that tipping point where you're turning into a teenager where she was a teenager in like the grunge nineties era. And it was Mm -hmm. so interesting because she reflected to me that people of my age group are so much more earnest because of that, because this thing happened and we understood how connected we all were. And so that, that like cynicism mm. armor, like the cool of the 90s, the cool sort of aloofness of the 90s kind of got broken. Um, and I wonder about that now, right? Like little yeah, kids like what where it's like, this will oh, have. yeah, like no shit, I'm going to wear a mask. Like, of course I would. This is mm. like, it's a non issue because like, how would you not protect other people? Yeah. Um, so that gives me a lot of hope. Hmm. This is great. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love making this podcast with you. And I similarly to what you said about reading final papers, I while I'm doing it, I'm like, this makes no sense. Am I being coherent? Do I sound like no, I've lost my mind? The and then I listen to it and I'm like, we're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> And if I'm like sort of feeling grumpy, I'm like, maybe I'll listen to the podcast. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yes, that's amazing though. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
what are I mean, you I, what are your reminiscences uh, or whatever yeah i mean i would say you know i had a really unexpected injury um, oh okay yeah over the summer <laughs> you're gonna say year like, <laughs> yeah well yes as part of a greater <laughs> unexpected year this is an unexpected event in an unexpected year mm-hmm. um like i started this year in well, not the very start, but like early in this year, I spent like two months in a surf shack in Santa Cruz with a high school friend. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, um, yeah, which was like, and that was her idea. Like that, the friend that you went with. Yeah, like I was That's in amazing. this like I was just deep in like COVID isolation bummer town. Oh yeah, like yep. I was not in a place where I was looking at alternative pathways for how to make right. it better. I was just like resigned and you were stuck, yeah, and complaining. And she was like, "Hey, you don't have to live like that." And I was like, "Hey, what do you you're mean?" Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and what? Like two weeks and two weeks later, I was on the beach. You know what I mean? It's just that's like, amazing. Yeah, like the. Like, the combination of, like, a kind of out-there idea and, like, commitment to the bit, like, the combination of <laughs> those two things can go so much further than you think. Yeah. Like, that is a magnetic combination yeah. when those yeah. two things happen. Like, it's someone throws so out an idea and someone's just like, you know what? I'm going to go. Yes. I'm just going to follow that. I'm just going to follow yeah. that wherever it goes. <laughs> um when the angel like, Gabriel whispers into yes, your ear and you're like yes exactly. I'll go to Santa Cruz <laughs> in the form of my friend Ellen from I San Francisco consent. thank you Ellen <laughs> um so that was like that was completely an unexpected like yeah hawk it out of time and space where yeah. I could just like I remember you, you telling know. me and it was this like it was like a bit it was like and, yeah. and now my comedy routine will include <laughs> yeah. And now I'm going to go live in a giant rec room where cool. there is not a stove, but there is a beer on tap in the, I remember in the that. kitchen. Oh my gosh. Like no indoor, sh- no indoor shower, but we have a big projector with a comfy couch. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Great. when we decided to learn how to surf, like we didn't hire someone to teach us. We just got a surfboard and went to the ocean. Really? Um, oh my God. It went, That's amazing. It went, it went very bad. But whatever. Depends on your standards. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. I mean, by, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, win any surfing contest. But yeah, it was good. Um, so that, like, I think that's happened a few times to me this year in ways that have been really fun and surprising. Like, someone just kind of, like, has an idea. And mm-hmm. then it goes further than anyone thinks just out of, like, sheer commitment to the bit. So that is, like, Which is, like, connection, thing. right? Which is, like, yeah. I'm going to be in yeah. this with you. Right, that's yeah. about connection and community. And, yes. like, yeah, I'm going to follow your lead. Yes. Um, and I also, like, so when I had my injury over the summer, like, I broke my ankle. Yeah. But it happened in the presence of, like, if I were to handpick two people in the city of Philadelphia who I would want around <laughs> me to help, like, they were there. You got them. Yeah, just, like, happened to be there, coincidentally. That's amazing. Um, and this is a city where I, like, I had met, this was the first time I was meeting these people in person ever. Um, oh, wow. And, like, I had talked to one of them, like, online before, like, yeah. through Zoom. Yeah. But, like, one of these people 
I literally was meeting, learning of their existence for the first time that day. The other one I was meeting in person for the first time. And like, yeah. like they were perfect. Like perfect. They handled the situation perfectly. It was unbelievable. That's amazing. Um, so that was, and then like unexpected like connection came out of that. Um, yeah. And like from there, like my sister and my mom came down and I got to spend a lot more time with them like yeah as I was recovering on the couch like <laughs> I watched more episodes of Survivor with my sister than I ever thought I would get to do um <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> you know it was just like oh, that like people really 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 showed up for me um yeah and that was very, I am super grateful for that. And you let them, um, right? Like, yeah, that can be hard sometimes yeah. because it's you have to take your armor off a little bit. Yeah. But and the like, possibility is so powerful. Right. I mean, it. you know, it sucks. Like, yeah. And I did oh, struggle yeah. with, like, feeling like I was, like, depending on other people. But, like, it is also a credit to my mom. <laughs> the that, horror. Like, <laughs> it's not very hard for me to depend on my mom. <laughs> like, Your mom is very warm been, and dependable. So yes, like that has been a constant for enough yeah. of my life that I, you know, that I do. We hope pra- you're listening, Kim. <laughs> yes, thanks, mom. Um, like yes, that I do have plenty of muscle memory around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think those were pretty amazing things, and I also like sort of just one like there are a few things that I did envision very very clearly at one point that are happening the way sort of pretty much exactly the way I thought they would oh funny um which is really that's I mean they aren't gonna look exactly the way I thought but like on paper what I set out to do is like what's happening yeah um in some just like personal like you know career ambition stuff um cool which is beyond exciting, but the version of me who is about to do them is a much different person than I thought I would be going into it. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be like even richer Better. and yeah. more expansive than I imagined in my wildest dreams when I like wrote it down as. An oh my god, I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is this the yeah. warm and fuzzy that everybody was needing right now? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that kicks ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I worked super hard at something yeah. that I thought was really meaningful. And yeah. I'm going into it an even more prepared and full version of myself with, yeah. like, my full humanity coming out to play. And that's... Yeah. Just kicks ass and it rules. And I'm psyched. I'm psyched about <laughs> this it. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's going to be great. And it's going to be complicated. But it's going to be like human and it's going to be full. It's like the definition of virginity that we talked about on Christmas <laughs> Might you know your own power and belong to yourself? What? Hell yeah, I do. Amazing. Yeah. There's a lot of it in there. And yeah. it's coming out. Yeah. So. Go you. I'm pumped. <laughs> you. I feel like we've officially hit, like, <laughs> soccer game lineup <laughs> vibe. Honestly. Like, can we high five now? About, but, like, <laughs> sports are one place, like, where you can be, like, experience catharsis and true, like, oh, for sure. emotion in public. For so, like, sure. Not on a podcast. 
Yeah. This is now a sports podcast. I don't know what sports are. I don't do them. We know nothing them, about the sports excited. games. No. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, God. Yes. Whew. Wow. Okay. I think my mascara so, might be running from laughing. <laughs> this is always good. more where that came good from. Time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I that felt great doing that exercise i would love to invite like everyone listening to just like carve out a few minutes to just like say to a person next to you or out loud or to your like a voice app on your phone like or the elf on the shelf you know whatever the elf on the shelf (laughs) ever seeing judgmental personification (laughs) of the (laughs) surveillant gaze oh my god Yeah, I well, I've been describing myself as a grumpy elf for the last three weeks because I'm just like, I have to make Christmas <laughs> happen and I'm not gonna go see my sister and the children. Mm. I feel like a non grumpy elf now. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> like, I definitely smell like peppermint now, right? Like, I got my 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 shoes are doing the twirly thing. <laughs> that is <laughs> really and, weird. And that's what Christmas is about. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good, good. We've solved it. All right. And my well, battery has lasted. An hour. To return. Yay. It's a We've Hanukkah had a miracle. miracle. Yes. <laughs> the batteries lasted eight days. But we should probably minutes. end before. <laughs> Let's not push it. Let's not try to Let's make not nine. Let's test it. Yeah. I, this is such a nice note to end on. Absolutely. So, Happy New Year. <laughs> Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Right? Or afternoon, sense. as the case may be. It's <laughs> you fine. Know. See you in 2020. <laughs> See you soon. 2022. Oh my god, not 2020 again. Oh my god. See yeah. you in 2022. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. We're doing it all over. Just kidding. And now we're signing off. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For more information about what's happening at UUCSW or for ways to get involved, visit us online at uucsw.org. All are welcome.